Let's jump in this word for a minute. Where we at? Where we at? We're up to 23. We're up to 23. The Gospel of Matthew. Strain a net and swallow a camel. Strain a net and swallow a camel. Favorite saying. She like. She says that once, once a week. You're just straining in that. You're making a big deal out of out of nothing. Twenty three. Twenty three. Miss Pat uses that often. She, huh? she quotes that. You're just straining in that swallowing camel. Mm. That's verse twenty four. Blind guides who strain out a gnat and swallow a camel. That visual picture. Yeah. I do have a question. Yeah. Abel. Mm-hmm. And Zechariah. Mm-hmm. Where is that? We're talking about blood. That's going to be in verse 35. No, it's in today's reading. Yeah, 2335. Yeah, 2335, yeah. Right. <clears throat> Uh, the blood of righteous of, of Abel, I understand, mm-hmm. but I, I I just didn't catch the and, and I didn't cross check it. I should have. Mm-hmm. Zechariah, mm-hmm. you, you got notation down there on why we were talking about the, the blood of Zechariah. He is dealing with. He was a prophet that was sent. Yeah. And what we find in this, where if you just look in verse number uh, 34, he says, Therefore, indeed, I send you prophets, which he's already been painting this picture. Remember, we talked about the vineyard. He talked about the landowner. He talked about his servants. He talked about his, the wedding for his son when the king sent out his servants to go invite people to come to the wedding, but they, they rejected him. So he's been painting this picture of the fact that God has sent, like John the Baptist. The question started with, uh, they asked Jesus a question on whose authority did he do these things by? And he turned around and said, well, let me ask you this question. If you answer it correctly, I'll I'll answer your question. They said, what about John? Was what John did, was that from heaven or was it from men? And these guys looked around a minute and said, well, if we say from heaven, that would mean why did we not respond to it? And if we say it was from men and it wasn't from heaven, then the people are going to come up against us. So we, we caught between a rock and a hard place. We, we can't validate that it was from heaven because if we do, then we're the problem. And we can't say it's not from heaven if we do. The people are going to get upset with us. So they were trying to play the middle ground here. So Jesus said, well, look, I'm not going to tell you then where my authority came from. It doesn't matter anyway for you. And then he goes in and telling these parables about how the fact that God sent his servants, these prophets, and these prophets came and told what was coming and they they misused them, they abused them, they killed them, they stoned them. So he sent more prophets and they did the same thing to them and he said well I'm gonna send my son and if they don't heed my son well the son came and what did they do to the son exact same thing said we could just kill him and we'll take over and we'll have all this that all this will be ours he said well what what is the king going to do what's the landowner going to do when he returns with an army yeah well he's going to destroy 
all those that did what they did and overthrow them. Well, this, is, this goes back to it. He says, wise men and scribes, some of them you will kill and crucify and some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city that on you may come all the righteous blood shed on the earth from the blood of righteous Abel for which Cain killed. He's that first picture of that, that murder. Abel was righteous. His blood cries out. And the blood of Zechariah, son of, how you say that? Yeah. Bubba? Yeah. Whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Assuredly, I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. Where God had dealt with Cain, God dealt with all these others who had done what they'd done, but he's going to pour forth his wrath and his judgment upon uh, this group of people. Let's see. I'm going to look. i got a reference over to Luke, over in Luke's gospel. Let's see what he says. Luke, verse number from the blood, he says again, verse 50, the blood of all the prophets which was shed from the foundation of the world may be required of this generation. From the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah who perished between the altar and the temple. Yes, I say to you, it shall be required of this generation. I mean, Zechariah wasn't necessarily the last prophet that was killed like that. This, this picture that he's painting here is taking them back from uh, what they knew of the Older Testament because they didn't look at John as a prophet. Okay. The people that he's talking to. Right. Remember, we, as we, when he asked them, who was he? Is he a prophet? Yeah. Well, they didn't think he was a prophet. The people went out to him and they responded and entered in the kingdom, but these people that he's communicating with here didn't. Right. So I think what he's doing is he's taking... Uh, these who were uh, historically in reference to these men that the Older Testament and that history has told them that were prophets sent to the people and they know what the people did to them when God sent them to them. They killed them. And as a result, that put them in a position where God judged them on that basis. So he's relating to them saying, even you recognize Abel, you recognize Isaiah, you recognize Jeremiah, you recognize Zechariah as a prophet. And the people misjudged and mistreated him. Well, likewise, you have misjudged and mistreated not only John the Baptist, but you've mistreated and misjudged me. And as a result, you're going to see the brunt of the tribulation that's going to come upon you as a result of that. And A.D. 70, in A.D. 70, that happened. The Roman Empire come in and overthrew and tore down and destroyed Jerusalem and tore down the walls and did all on this generation. Jesus died in what, around A.D. 30, 33? So within uh, a generation, that destruction came upon the, the city. As he prophesied. Now we're not talking about what is still yet to happen. We're not talking about what's going to come still in a, in a tribulation time frame when God turns and does a work. 
what we seen then was God's judgment upon that group of people who he who rejected Jesus and uh, Luke 19 talks about it. Go look in Luke 19. Look in about verse number 41. This is in the same context of what we're reading right now. Verse 41 says, Now as he drew near, he saw the city, and when he saw the city, he wept over it, saying, If you had known, even you, especially in this your day, it was their day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you. They will surround you and close you in on every side and level you and your children within you to the ground and they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. God gave them a space of repentance, a time frame. And in that time frame that Jesus proclaimed in that three-year period, they chose not to heed that message. And now he says, you are going to receive the brunt of what all these previous generations, your fathers before, who were in the same likeness of you. Not, not, we're not talking about people of faith. We're talking about the generation of the wicked who persecuted the prophets God sent to them. And when God sent them, they abused them, misused them, and, and killed them. And God's going to require on this group of people the consequences of all those years of rejecting those prophets. It's all going to fall on one generation. And they're going to level them. Because they, a much greater prophet than Abel and Isaiah and Jonah and Solomon, and Zechariah came and proclaimed. That's why he says in other times when Jesus was walking through the cities and he said, look, Nineveh repented at the preaching of Jonah and a greater than Jonah is before you and you didn't respond to, to my preaching, my teaching. Yeah. Sodom and Gomorrah is gonna rise up in the judgment that God destroyed because of their wickedness and are going to condemn you because what you got to hear and what you got to see and you didn't respond in faith and positive to it and surrender to it, they're going to judge you in the judgment for not doing what you should have done. Had that happened in their cities, they would have responded is what it boils down to. If they seen what, what you have seen, Sodom and Gomorrah would have been different. It would have turned out different. But you pushed it away. You rejected it. Now I'm going to level this place and we're going to destroy it because you missed that space that I gave you to repent. God gives us a space, a time frame. And they sealed their fate. Their fate had been sealed. That's what he's saying. You know, people say, well, you can't, you, there's never, you, it's never too late. Well, that sounds comforting, but it ain't biblical. We don't know when that time comes. You think about the children of Israel uh, just before they had to walk through the wilderness for those 40 years. Scripture says they rebelled against God 10 times and that 10th time they told him no. God said, okay, your fate has been sealed. Now you're going back into the wilderness and you'll wander around for the next 40 years. Yeah. And until you die off, 
And when you die off, I'll put my people in. But your fate is done. You've, it's sealed. You, you ain't going to see it. You ain't going to touch it. You ain't going into what I promised to give you. Because you have rejected me in that space of time that I gave you to walk with me. You chose not to. And as a result, the consequences of that choice are way out of your control. And, and that's what he's telling them here. So you got to think about it. How many times has God came to people and spoke to them and done a work for them? And think about it. There's so many people that I know that said, well, I'll get it right right before I die. Hmm. Fortunately, we have seen people do that. Yeah, okay. God, I say that that does happen. That have, yes. And, and has. And I'm thankful for that. But look, there are those that, that that was what they were hanging on to was I'm going to, I'm just going to be as wicked as I want to be now until, until uh, I get right. I have all my fun and then yeah, I'll. And then when I get to the death, death door, I, I'll, uh, mm-hmm. I'll get in by fire. Well, Praise God. Yeah, there's a time yeah. where God says... We can only come to God when God is at work in us, doing right. something with us. That's and right. if God shuts that work off, and, and we find it too many times where he has, yep. when he shuts it off, it's done. Okay. It doesn't matter. He, he laid, them on, laid something to them. He gave them... A chance. He gave them plenty of time. Yeah. And sometimes he gives people more time than he does others. That's way, that, he can give mercy to whomever he chooses to give mercy to. That's right. what we go, Romans teaches us that, you know. Well, one person in here, he might give uh, 100 chances, and then one person might we, give that's, eight, that's, eight chances. That's, hey, we, we are his creation, so he can do whatever he wants whatever with his creation. So right. that's out of our control. And the fact that he's done anything with us, is a, is a wonder of grace because mm-hmm. he didn't have to. He's not obligated to. He chose to, and he chose to do it through, through his son by his grace. And you have to go back and just look in your own personal life and look in the lives of others and even examine from a biblical perspective. There is a limited few times that God inter, interacts and comes personally to somebody and gives them a word to get something right to turn. He doesn't do it all the time. But when he does it, you got to act on it. Right. And you got to act on it quickly. Because there is no guarantee he'll do it again. Yeah, like like the, what was the king that he, the prophet came to him and told him, you know, tomorrow you're going to die. And he turned and cried and booed. And, yeah. And God said, okay, I'll give you another 15 more years. Gave him 15 years. Well, that don't happen all the time. Mm-mm. It does happen. Can happen. But it don't happen. Right. You can't count on it. You can't bank your soul on that happening. Yeah. And that's what we see here is that he says, you missed, you missed your day of visitation. Yeah. I visited you. Yeah. But I visited you with a purpose to turn you, to, to transform you, to change you. You pushed against that now you've sealed your fate all you can now anticipate is destruction it's too late you missed it and that's whoo man that that, oh that is that is we find it in acts god says he turned them over and let them go worship whatever they wanted to worship he let them worship the stars the moon and he just let them go that's that's the worst thing in the world that could ever be said of a man god just let you go do what you wanted to do 
Man, we want him. We want him interrupting and disrupting and turning things around for us. Amen. Amen. And uh, so that's what we see here. And, and, I, and I think that's why he, he brings that up because these were known people who, who were dealt yeah. with harshly in their disobedience. I didn't know whether the, the blood meant just death or... Yes, yes. Or, or He's required... Remember, remember, the scripture says that you take a life, life is going to be required. You take a man's blood, blood is required. With these that he's referring to have not been cleansed of their murderous, idolatry ways. They haven't been washed in his blood. Right. Jesus shed his blood to cover our murderers, our adulteries, our iniquities. He was judged for that, but without his covering of that blood, we stand with no mercy. Amen. For what we've done, and this is the problem. They they were without his. They're going to be facing this destruction and this judgment without his mercy, because all these actions, all this was going to be required of them, because they were just as guilty as Cain was. They were just as guilty as Ahab was. They were just as guilty as these people were in in how they treated the prophets. And therefore, now they would be required uh, to, to give an account for that. Fortunately, we were just as guilty as well. But because of placing our confidence and trust in Jesus, Jesus took the judgment himself and then gave us his righteousness. So by his grace, we've been made righteous through his judgment and been granted mercy. And, and that's the difference between life and death, heaven and hell, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of men. Jesus is the difference maker in that. And they, they mishandled the difference maker. And as a result, it was going to be a deadly consequence for them. And that's why we, we have a sense of urgency to plead with men to come with Jesus, come to him while he's dealing with you. Amen? Amen. Don't put it off. Don't put it off. Agrippa put it off. Yeah. Felix put it off. And we don't see anything in their life where God dealt with them anymore. And they, they died <coughs> in rebellion. Mm. Father, we thank you today. Thank you for coming to us. Thank you for helping us speak in life to us. And I pray that you will continue to guide us, lead us, teach us, grow us, and send us out with this urgency to help others know you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Love y'all.